You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is ESPN Radio's Barton Hahn Podcast. It's always interesting to me as I figure out how to speak into a microphone. It's always interesting to me how many takes come out after everything that we do. And some of them are good. Some of them are bad. But nobody ever really wants to call them out. That is what we're about to do. It's Barton Hunt on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Jason Fitz. We are in for the guys. And obviously, uh, we got a lot to get into, to get into over the course of the day. Triple eight, say ESPN, eight, 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 seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. That's how you guys can get in on the conversation. We're asking you a lot of questions about the Mets, obviously, as that's the big story of the day across the board in Major League Baseball. But before we get to more of your calls, Gabe, thought we'd have a little fun. This is something that Sarah Spain and I used to do together at night. Uh, there, there are so many takes out there. Sometimes you just got to break them down. So we're going to have a little bit of fun with good take, hot take. This is simple. I'll play you the take, and then all we have to decide is, is it a good take? In which case, they'll play a little sounder that says, good. Or is it a hot take? In which case, we likely get a fiery sounder. All right, Gabe, you in for this? You ready? I'm in. Okay. We are going to start with the king of good take, hot take. Of all the people I've ever had on good take, hot take, nobody's had uh, more appearances in good take, hot take. Most of the time on the hot side, but we'll see here. You might think it's Stephen A. No! The king of good take, hot take is our own ESPN NFL analyst, Dan Orlovsky. This is what Orlovsky had to say about the MVP race on Keyshot, J. Will, and Max. I would probably place coming off of this past weekend Josh Allen above Hurts right now because of the impact of the game, how well Josh played. I think he's back in there. It's that group of, I think Patrick sits at the top right now, and someone's going to have to go take it from Patrick, or he's going to have to play very poorly. Now, Jalen's got a massive game this weekend. I kind of correlated it, Courtney, to like the Heisman moments. You know, he's got a huge, huge opportunity in stage this weekend, but Joe Burrow's going to have one coming as well. Patrick's at the top, but it's Joe, Jalen, and Josh chasing Patrick. You think that's good take or a hot take, Gabe? Uh, I'm going hot take there. It, I love Josh Allen. I love what the Bills are doing. But to put him ahead of Jalen Hurts, heck, I think that Jalen Hurts is the, the front runner right now for the MVP award. Now, if he misses a couple of games down the stretch, curious to see how that would affect his candidacy. And I, I thought Josh Allen was going to be the MVP heading into the season, but I have a hard time picking anybody over what Jalen Hurts has done for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I think this is an absolutely hot take because if you ask me, the, the MVP's already been decided, and it is Jalen Hurts. In fact, I've gone as far to say that I think no matter what happens the rest of the season, he is still the MVP. Uh, there, there's little to nothing left to be proven this year on who the best team has been and who the best player has been on the best team, and that's Jalen Hurts. Like, is he is he the most valuable? I'll always argue till I'm. Uh, red in the face that we sort of twist this award. I mean, clearly, in my mind, the one person that if he wasn't on his team, that team would fall apart is Mahomes. So Mahomes could be the MVP every single year, but that's not the way you usually do this. So if Jalen Hurts was the MVP to most people going in to, to this week, then nothing that, that happens over the next few weeks will change that. So we both agree that that is a hot take. Let's go now to Damian Woody. Now, Damian, Damian's a large man. 
I never want to accuse Damien of saying something that could be a hot take. I don't want to make him mad. He could kill me with his pinky thumb. But pinky toe? Pinky? I don't know. Pinky thumb doesn't seem Pink, like it's I mean, a thing. Pinky. You know what I mean. Pinky thumb definitely is not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Game nights will let me know. Pinky thumb, not a thing. Uh, <laughs> pinky thumb. Okay. I, I got to save myself here. Damien, what are you going to do that for us now? This is what Woody, our ESPN NFL analyst, had to say on the 12 p.m. Sports Center about the 49ers and Philly. I don't think there's a big gap between the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Really? Even with Brock Purdy in there. Because you got to understand, with San Francisco, it's the system. They don't need a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that would be great, but they don't need a guy to play above the X and O's because Kyle Shanahan wants his guys to play within his system. Distribute the ball. Be a good point guard like Chris Paul. Be that type of guy. They got playmakers all across the board. They're good in the trenches on both sides of the ball. They got the best defense in the National Football League. They got weapons on offense. The critical question is going to be, can Brock Purdy handle the pressure in the playoffs? All right, what do you think, Gabe? Good take or hot take? Yeah, it's a hot take because of what he said. Like, he just undercut everything he said at the beginning with his last sentence of, it all comes down to how Brock Purdy handles the pressure. It's a quarterback-driven league, and the 49ers know this. It's the reason that they gave up all that draft capital and tried to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo because Garoppolo couldn't make the big plays that they needed when they were in the Super Bowl a couple of seasons ago. So they try to move on with Trey Lance. He gets hurt, and... Ultimately, Purdy's going to have to make a play, and I don't think they trust him. And I understand we still haven't seen with the Eagles and whether or not Jalen Hurts can hold up to that playoff pressure, but I trust Jalen Hurts, who we just discussed and believe is the league MVP, I trust him more than Mr. Irrelevance after two games. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest part of it. It's two games, and I know that Brock Purdy, to me, this is a wildly hot take. Like It it minimizes how good the Eagles are, and it just gives so much benefit of the doubt. At some point in any season, in any playoff game, you're going to need something from your quarterback. We have no idea. Just no idea. Like, maybe it works out great, and that's awesome, you know, but that's like presuming that you're going to pay your mortgage next month by winning the lottery. Like, maybe you win the lottery, but I'm not certainly not going to bank on that. All right, we're continuing some good take, hot take. Barton Hahn, it's Gabe Neitzel, Jason Fitz, in for the guys. We're presented by uh, Progressive Insurance. You guys can chime in. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. All right. I mentioned him earlier. You can't have good take, hot take, and not hear from first uh, first take. Stephen A., this is what he said about Brady. Let's see if this is a good take or a hot take. Tom Brady clearly isn't himself, and we get all of that. We know that he's not awful. You don't look at him and put him in the category as one of the worst quarterbacks right. this season. We know better than that. We know his greatness. He's the GOAT. We understand that. But there are moments where you just – and all you need are moments mm-hmm. where you just see, yo, bro – it is time. It's time. You buying that? Good take, hot take. Uh, I got to go back to the hot take here. Just because, and maybe this is because I have tried to be that guy that's gotten ahead of the Brady needs to walk away, Brady needs to walk away, and I feel like every time I've done it, I've been burned. So I, I just feel at this point, Tom Brady's going to have something in there. I mean, if he lands in the right situation next season where he's got a healthy offensive line if he wants to play, I mean, maybe he's not going to light it up circa Tom Brady, you know, circa 2011, but he's still going to be really, really good. I don't think it's time for him to walk away. Yeah, I actually, I'm going to say good take on this one, and just because we got to get a good take in somewhere. Uh, th- this would be my answer. <laughs> if anybody's ever invested in, in anything, one of the things that they always say at the end of it is some, some form of past performance is not a guarantee of future results. I think it's time to start looking at past performance of Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, 
and separating those conversations. Like, sit down with everybody at Christmas this week and talk about the good old days when Brady and Belichick were together, if that's what you want to do. But stop applying that to what we see today. Right now, the Patriots aren't good enough. And that's, like I said yesterday, I think that's largely Belichick's fault. Today, Brady is not good enough. The Buccaneers are not good enough. I said earlier they're trash. They're playoff pretenders. Brady's part of that. Like, just walk away at this point. The only thing that ever continues to grow, to grow his legacy are Super Bowls, and they're really hard to win. We just forget that. Like, I'm not taking anything away from the fact that Brady's won so many of the damn things that we forget they're hard to win for most people, but it's not like it's just a given that you're Brady and you're going to win a Super Bowl. So it feels like every year it only gets more and more ingrained in us that we have to have these conversations. Let's get in a little bit of coach action. Robert Sala here, the Jets head coach at his press conference, had this to say about one Zach Wilson. The frustrating thing is that, you know, the, this kid's going to be a good quarterback. Um, the the NFL and this this new instant coffee world that we're in just does not want to give people time. And, uh, and so we look at him and he is just nitpicked with the, uh, and just with a fine tooth comb, everything that he does. And, uh, and it's, it's rightfully so. I mean, it is what it is. Gabe, I'm going to go first on this one. <laughs> okay. This is a hot take. You know, we all have that friend that you can sit down with. And look, I don't think he's wrong about the fact that we ask too much of quarterbacks too quickly. I think that's a very smart analysis on a bad take. I think that we should be more patient with quarterbacks, just not this one. Like, everybody has that friend that will do whatever they have to to not say, my bad. Just just say I'm sorry. Just say I'm screwed, I, I screwed up. We all have that friend that refuses to do that. That's what this feels like. Like, you are just tripping over yourself, trying to get back and find some way to tell the world that Zach Wilson is going to be good. When the fact is, there's really very little indication of that. Like, cool, he had a nice combine. So did Jamarcus Russell. Like, Jamarcus Russell wasn't a good NFL quarterback. Zach Wilson had one one great year at BYU, and when I asked him on air during an interview, why was this year so spectacular on a year that was in the middle of COVID when teams had days to prep for him? Like, it was a weird year when I asked him, what changed? What's different? His answer to me on and on air was, I don't really know. Like, man, I can't figure it out. If you don't know why you had a miraculous year, then you're probably oh, no. just getting lucky, dude. Like, I walked away from that whole experience saying, nope, that's not going to be the guy I want to bank my franchise on. Guess what? A couple years in, still not the guy I want to bank my franchise in. Uh, Robert Sala is right. we got to be more patient with quarterbacks. Just not this one. He's not good. When you're ending a point with... It is what it is. You're not selling your point very well. You're just not doing it. And that's how Robert Sala just kind of ended it. You're just, you ran out of things to say. You don't know how to land the plane. You're going, eh, it is what it is. So this is absolutely a hot take. Although I don't know what else he's supposed to say about a guy that his franchise invested a high draft pick in and now is currently on his roster. This is a head coach saying what he, he has to say, but I'm not com- completely convinced that Robert Sala believes what he's saying. If any coach ever steps up to the podium and starts by saying, y'all, let me just get ahead of this. Boy, did we screw that draft pick up. That will be my favorite coach of all time. If he comes in and like, well, look, we thought we were getting one thing. Turns out we did not do well with that one. Like, I say this all the time, Gabe. I've never been to a psychic. If I ever decide to go to a psychic, what I'm going to do with said psychic is I'm going to take my most dumpster fire friend into the psychic first, and I'm going to let him go in. And if he comes out, he or she comes out in absolute tears and says, my life's a complete mess. I'm going to die alone. I'm never going to hold a real job. Everything's gone to shambles, and I'm never going to get it right. That's a psychic I'll see for the rest of my life, because obviously she (laughs) ate from the honest apple, right? Like, I'm going to see that psychic every single time. If a coach ever stands up at the podium and says, man... 
I don't know what the GM was thinking. I don't know what our scouting department was thinking. Hell, guys, I was at the combine. I had a little bit too much to drink the night before. I think I was in my fields. I saw this. I said yes to it. Boy, did we screw that up. That will be my favorite coach of all time. Until then, all they're going to tell us is the same thing. Oh, we, we, we got a special guest star on this edition Ooh. of Good Take, Hot Take. That's right. Even when you're hosting the show, you are not, uh, you're not sort of off the list. Gabe Neitzel, on, uh, co-host of Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, by the way, said this on KJM about Matt LaFleur, the coach of the Packers. You started with 13 wins three consecutive seasons. I I, I don't think there's any sort of hot seat for him. This was always going to be a transition year. Now he's going to have to make some decisions. Is he going to get rid of his defensive coordinator because the defense has underperformed? And those decisions then will dictate if he's on the hot seat going forward. Oh, that's a hot take, Gabe. That is a hot take. I don't care how many games. Seems very reasonable to me. Oh, Matt. See, uh, yeah, he won 13 games with the reigning league MVP where all you did was go in and not screw it up. Like, Ryan Day's out here getting Ohio State constantly. They got, like, trying to get them into the national conversation with the program. He took over, according to Jim Harbaugh, on third base, right? Like, he was already close to that. Look at what Matt LaFleur takes over. He takes over a reigning MVP at quarterback, wins 13 games, but doesn't manage to make any real noise in the playoffs, hasn't done a better job of actually maximizing the window of Aaron Rodgers. And most importantly, he's part of a regime that not only wasted a first-round draft pick on not a weapon for Aaron Rodgers, they wasted a first-round draft pick on a guy that's not even going to play for the team. That's called a draft bust, and it's not even the player's fault. If LeFleur can't be on the hot seat for this, then my God, who's he got naked picks of? What, you think that he's going to get fired at the end of the season when they miss the playoffs? That when, ain't happening. I'll they, tell you that right now. He should. When they lose their last three games, they should be like, bounce it. Like, anybody can do it. Either. All he did was not screw up a league MVP. Like, what are we, we throwing out participation what, trophies he, for that? He, he got him back to the league MVP levels. When you take a look at what he did under Mike McCarthy over the last two years of McCarthy's tenure in Green Bay, Rodgers, they thought he was falling off to the point where they had to draft Jordan Love. So he got Aaron Rodgers back to his MVP level. He's going to be given the, the benefit of the doubt now. He does have to figure out that defense. He's going to be on his third defensive coordinator, presuming they get rid of Joe Barry, who's their current defensive coordinator. Um, and that, to me, is going to be, hey, you got to figure out your coaching staff because there have been some underperformers across this roster, and ultimately that comes down to you. But how many times have you watched the Packers? He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Jason Fitz. That's a little good take, hot take. We're going to go right into this conversation on Barton Hot on ESPN Radio. How many times have you watched the Packers and, and said, holy you-know-what, man, they just outcoached the other side like top to bottom like I'll say this I don't I don't know if the Dolphins are a great football team I know that when I watch the Dolphins more often than not I see creativity on the offensive side of the football I see a lot of creativity and disguising on the defensive side of the football I'm watching a team that I'm saying man this is just a well coached football team when I'm watching the Packers I'm thinking well Aaron Rodgers gonna go out there and do what Aaron Rodgers does like where's the line on the credit for Aaron Rodgers just going and being like that's cute little man we're gonna run my offense and and just doing what he wants to do <laughs> so how, do you feel the same way when you watch the Chiefs and, and Patrick Mahomes no or does Andy Reid get more benefit of the doubt because he's been around for so long Andy Reid gets I, I more benefit that, of the doubt because guys that have never done anything go run in that offense and suddenly they're wide open like I, I watch the Raiders come up with a game plan and constantly then I'm like how'd that guy get wide open 40 yards down the field like yeah well partially because my team sucks most of the time and doesn't like for me to have nice <laughs> things but also partially because uh, Andy Reid does a nice job of putting guys in a situation to be successful I think he's, I think he's found a good way to, to kind of marry the two together. And I think that's a fair criticism of Matt LaFleur. Like, everybody's trying to figure out how good of a coach he is because he does have Aaron Rodgers. But I, I think of the game this past Monday night. 
There was a wide receiver wide open down the left sideline. Aaron Rodgers just airmailed the throw. Like it was one of the worst throws Bad. I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers make. Like it was like it was just so inexplicable. Like I had to rewind my television just to make sure that there wasn't something wrong with my TV and it broke because Aaron Rodgers made that bad of a throw. LaFleur can certainly scheme guys open. Now I think there has been some, I don't even call it a battle. I think it's just trying to figure each other out over the last couple of seasons. And maybe that even went into this season because they didn't have Devontae Adams to rely upon in the passing game the way that they did the last couple of years. And I mean, you, you've seen what he's been able to do with the Raiders now. Mm. Dude is unbelievable. And he can really make up for a lot of warts that you may have offensively. So I think that this year has probably made Matt LaFleur a better coach because he has had less weapons than he's had in previous years on offense. I don't disagree. Despite their record not being very good. I don't disagree that they've had less weapons. This is also where I always put sort of some of the onus on that organizationally, too. Like, if there is a reason that Devontae Adams is not part of the Packers anymore, and according to multiple reports, you know, at the time, uh, he got a better offer from the Packers, wasn't sure, you know, what Aaron Rodgers was going to do long term. He grew up on the West Coast. He's a Raiders fan. There's a lot of elements of this. You know, there's no state income tax in Vegas, so he's he's just sleeping in Scrooge McDuck type $100 bills all over the bed. Like, I get, I get there's a lot of factors to it, but if you're the Packers, you lost one of the few weapons that you have. You're an offense that doesn't seem to necessarily come out and fool a lot of people. You're an offense that doesn't necessarily seem to come out and out-execute a lot of people. And you're sitting on a season that right now feels like a waste with the two-time defending MVP that you know we have to look at in the same breath and say, have we gotten MVP-like results out of the team week in and week out? Like, I want a coach that in the in the right moment you know can come in not not a quarterback but a coach that can come in in the fourth quarter and you know is going to find a way to get you back in the game. I want a coach that makes second half half adjustments that you just sit there and you're saying, "Oh, I got to figure it out." I want a I want a coach in game that you you can feel it out and you know, "Okay, okay, they're getting a feel for this, so now they're going to start doing that." There are very few coaches in the NFL that I think do that incredibly well, but it does to to the point of masking the warts. When you have Aaron Rodgers, like I just if we were looking at Matt LaFleur right now and he had been starting Jordan Love for the last couple of years, would this team be any good? Like I, I just I don't think we have a real sense of how good or bad he is as a coach. And if you if we don't have that sense after this many years and they fall apart, somebody has to be held accountable. Like the, the Packers can't miss the playoffs, lose double digit football games this year, and have Gutekunst and LaFleur come back, right? That's where the scapegoat becomes the defensive coordinator. Because this was a defense that many, even here at ESPN, Mina Kimes before the season was saying, oh, this is going to be a top two defense in the NFL. And I think the scapegoat ends up being Joe Barry, who is their defensive coordinator. They knew that they were going to be in this transition year offensively without Devontae Adams. They lost Marquez Valdez-Scantling to free agency to the Kansas City Chiefs. So your weapons were were just kind of, I I don't really know what we have. There's probably going to be some growing pains. Aaron Rodgers said that at the beginning of the season. We're going to have these growing paints we need to lean on this defense and the defense isn't anywhere near good enough to be leaned upon now I, I would argue that part of that is also on Brian Gutekunst, their general manager, for maybe investing in some some in some money into some of some of the wrong players. But the scapegoat here certainly is going to be the defensive coordinator and Joe Bear. I'll be interested because every year we see coaches uh, canned at the end of the year, and I got to be really clear about this: I never want anybody to lose their job. I want everybody to go in and be the most successful they can possibly be. Uh, and that is, I take no joy in going through a list of fired coaches every year, and, and I think sometimes. That gets celebrated more than it possibly should, especially by fans that don't necessarily think about not just the coach, but the training staff and the assistant coaches and the number of people that that are impacted by it. I just wonder if Lafleur, much like Staley uh, for the Chargers, might find himself on that curious list at the end of the year game. 
What's, what's going to be really interesting is if they get to that point where they decide that they want to let go of Matt LaFleur, that's not Brian Gutekunst's decision. They redid the organizational flow of, of what, how things work. So LaFleur and Gutekunst are on the same level, and it all comes down to Mark Murphy, who's the team president. And my guess is he's going to hold on to those two for as long as he can because he has a mandatory retirement date as the president of the Packers, which is 70. So before the 2025 season, he is going to have to retire. And one of his things that he wants to do is win another Super Bowl, win that second Super Bowl as team president, and I don't think he's going I think he realizes, okay, if I fire my general manager, I fire my head coach, it's going to take time to have new people come in I think I just have to ride this out for as long as I can, so I think that also factors in when you start talking about the Packers and decisions that they make. That is a brilliant point coming from covering the team as well as you do and uh, absolutely speaks to uh, some of the the thought process that goes into it, and frankly, I'll I'll be my own counter argument also and say that the best organizations are the one that survive bad years and and still maintain continuity. I mean, certainly if the Steelers end up with a losing record, Tomlin's not going to be in the hot seat. Let's not be ridiculous about it. And there's a reason why continuity matters. ESPN Radio, Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, RVs, for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. All right, Knicks fans, I know you're very excited right now, and you guys can chime in with that excitement. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll let Knicks fans uh, get in their feels a little bit coming up. Uh, we want to get into the NBA. I'm going to make you the GM of your favorite NBA team. That means you can pick any player to start with. Who are you picking? We're going to answer that that question next. And the answer might surprise you. We'll tell you next. Barton Hunt on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Jason Fitz, Gabe Knight's a limb for the guys. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg. And ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Bart and Han. Bart and Han on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Jason Fitz, hanging out with Gabe Knight. So shameless plug again, starting January 3rd, I get to hang out with Harry Douglas every day in this time slot for Fitz and Harry. Uh, Gabe, so far I have called the show the wrong name about 427 times. So uh, there are no guarantees I will actually, by, by the time we start on January 3rd, you might just be part of the name also, just so you know. Oh, looking forward to that. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> yeah, 
until until I say something people don't like, and then I'll just throw out your Twitter feed. You can hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed <laughs> at Jason Fitz if you like what we're saying at G Nitzel sixteen if you hate it. That's the important part of that. Uh, you can also chime in triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We're having a little bit of fun because we're counting down to NBA Christmas Day. Now you guys know the drill: five consecutive games on ESPN and ABC beginning at noon Eastern, and on ESPN Radio doubleheader starts at four thirty Eastern with the Bucks, a team Gabe knows well, and the Celtics followed by the Grizzlies and Warriors NBA on ESPN Radio. I love the fact that we're getting those two matchups because there seems to be so much heat between those two franchises in general, Gabe. Before we get to this topic, I have to ask, how many TVs are too many TVs on Christmas Day? Like, Because it's weird. I don't have kids. Like, I don't have kids, so I don't know what the rules are supposed to be when you have kids, but it feels like, like this feels like a fourth TV sort of day on Christmas Day. Yeah, because you have three NFL games, five NBA games. There's going to be some overlap. So, yeah, I I would say, I mean, three. I mean, we get to five. Yeah, five seems like too many. I think you're in the safe zone if you stick it with four. Okay, four. I think you're safe with four. And and asking for friends here, do do sports bars open up on Christmas Day, like later in the day? I'm looking at Devin, like Devin knows this. Like, are you you out of the sports (laughs) bars on Christmas Day, Devin? I normally am not, no. Okay, Um, okay. I don't know. I know movie theaters are open on Christmas Day. That's a big Christmas day. You know, big, day. Biggest movie day of the year, Christmas Day. All right. All right. Okay, so I'll have to figure out if I, I got a local sports bar that I can go to on Christmas Day. All right. We're, we're asking everybody a little bit of an NBA question here, and this is a tough one. You get one player to start an NBA franchise with. Who you take it? Anybody's on the list. Each of us are going to be the GM. We all get to play through this exercise. So uh, we'll start, Gabe, where, where I can only imagine remembering that there is a particular show that you can listen to uh, on ESPN in Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee, like Wisconsin. <laughs> I can't imagine. By the way, Calderon Club in Milwaukee, my favorite restaurant in the country. Gabe, oh, so good. Um, shameless plug to Gino. I love you, buddy. Uh, who are you starting with? Let me guess. Hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I might go with the guy who plays just down the street from the studios I'm in, and that's Giannis. Not only is he a stud on the floor, and he's answered, he's checked off all the boxes, right? Like, the, the one thing that you can maybe say he can't do, you know, is, is shoot. You know, the three point shot, not there, doesn't really matter. But, I mean, all the questions like, oh, he can't close out a game. He can't be the number one player on a championship team. I mean, he answered all that when he put, you know, a 50 burger up in game six of the finals a couple of years ago. So not only that, but he's somebody that your entire community will wrap their arms around and want to protect. He is as marketable as they come. Everybody loves Giannis. He's a stud on the floor. He's fantastic for your community and off the floor. If I'm the general manager of an NBA team, Giannis is a no-brainer number one pick of who I would want to build my franchise around. Yeah, so, and and this is what's interesting to me because... Uh, you're right. And it's not that long ago that we were sitting down having very real conversations about whether Giannis was going to want to stay in a market like Milwaukee. Remember, like, and, and I kept saying at the time on uh, radio that it was huge and I think important for the NBA that he remain in Milwaukee because you mentioned the community and the ties, but also just the connection to that franchise. You, you lose, Mil- you, you, you lose Giannis and, and you lose relevance. Well, you think about what he's meant for popularity. You think about, I, I go to a sports bar now and I see Buck- jerseys everywhere like there, there is just a rise in what Giannis means and if I'm a GM starting right now I got to worry about a couple of things I want to win basketball games I want to be able to build around somebody but I also want somebody that is easy to market I want somebody that I feel like I can put up on billboards and people will say man I like that guy I want somebody kids are going to want to come see play right like that all factors into the greatness of Giannis doesn't it 
Oh, it absolutely does. The dude just had a Disney Plus movie that was released about the, his life growing up. He is an international star. He's marketable. Kids love him. He's, he's great with kids. He signs in a lot of different markets he goes to. He stays after games and signs shoes and signs jerseys, and he wants to do that for his fan base. That's the type of guy that Giannis is. And because of the way he plays, he also... The, the, the gravity that goes towards Giannis when he's on the floor, he makes all the teammates around him better. Who would have thought that Grayson Allen would be somebody that would be as pivotal as he is because he's a good shooter with the Bucks a couple of seasons ago before he came to Milwaukee? Yeah, no, that is a that is a great point. When you like the number of players on Milwaukee that are okay players that have been allowed to be great in different spots have been one of the most interesting things to root for, uh, and part of the reason I love watching the Bucks play. It, it is funny when I talk about this because. Again, reminded for everybody, I don't have a favorite NBA team. I, I, I don't care who wins or loses. Uh, I grew up a Lakers fan as a kid, growing up in Vegas, but that sort of died out over the years. So I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I, I have no passion one way or the other about any of these teams. So when I look at the players, it's funny that Giannis is 28, and on this list, that makes him a little old. Because I think, I think if I'm building around anybody, I'm going with Ja. Like, there, there's this moment with, I, and I know, like, I don't feel good about this. I think Giannis could be the, the right answer, but there's just something about job. When I talk about everything, I want somebody that is electric. I want somebody that's going to sell jerseys. I want somebody that's going to win basketball games. And certainly Memphis last year overachieved with Ja. That's what we all said. And now we find out this year that maybe they didn't overachieve. Maybe they just cheaped. Like, because at some point they did exactly what they're capable of doing with Ja Morant, 23 years old, average and 27 points a game, but also the sort of guy that knows how to get everybody else involved and, and is a human highlight reel. Like when I host SportsCenter on Snapchat, the most interesting thing to me is that kids really love individual highlights. They don't they don't want to see full game highlights. They want to see individual plays from individual players. Now, John makes those every single night. So I've got somebody that is marketable to generations of fans. i got somebody that not only is one of the you know, 10 best players in the NBA at this point, he's 23 years old. Players want to play around him. He can lift heavy because that's what he's been asked to do. I don't know if he's the guy that can make greatness around him like Giannis has, but I got a bank on that. So I'm, I'm taking John. Devin, you're, you're an NBA head. Have either of us screwed this exercise up yet? I, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with any of these guys. So that's what makes it. It's like you're splitting hairs here. I have a question for you, though, Fitz, because I look at Luka Doncic. He mm. is, he's the same age as, as Ja. He's averaging more points, you know, five more points. What what can Ja do that Luca can't? In turn, why did you pick Ja over Luca? Because to me, they're they're both point guards. They they make their teams better. I think if you put Luca on the Grizzlies, it's tough because they're the second they're the second in the West right now. So it's, it'd be tough to be much better than they are. But I think. Luca on the Grizzlies, they're a better team than with John ja the Grizzlies. You know, and the crazy thing is, you're not wrong. Luca can create his own shot better than Ja can in, in in any situation. I think Ja's a little bit more dynamic, like you know, making things happen. In my mind, I think of Ja the facilitator being better than Luca the facilitator, but I'm also realizing that that's not correct. Like I'm thinking of that, and then I'm as I say it, I'm like that's just not fair. Like it, it's a human highlight real aspect of a game. Like I'm the first, yeah, to, like it's 100%. a human percent. Luke, you're right. Luca's probably a better option, and I've been called to the carpet on it, and I'm willing to admit that. Now they're laughing at me behind the glass, Gabe. I don't know what's happening. Well, but is is there a more electric <laughs> player in the NBA than Ja? Like no. you just mentioned it, all the different highlights that he makes, whether it's going up, climbing over somebody and dunking it, whether it's an unbelievable pass that he throws out to an open teammate in the corner or the wing. I don't think there's a more electric player. And when you're... I think that draws people in. Not to say that people wouldn't want to play with Luka Doncic, because I think they do. But I think that 
people are just kind of naturally gravitated. They, they, they're pulled towards that energy that John Morant gives off. I am immediately realizing that I am a su- like I'm a sucker for marketing guys. Like uh, everybody knows, I, I drink uh, <laughs> like I love diet soda. It's like my splurge. Right, like, diet soda is my splurge. If I walk in and diet uh, diet Dr Pepper has changed their packaging even slightly, I'm like, oh, I need to buy that. Like it's not, it doesn't taste any different. <laughs> I see a different label. I'm like, I need to buy you it. Treat soda like it's a collector item. Uh, well, no, it's not like it is a collector item. I just see a change in it. I'm like, I must, I must consume this right now. I realize. That that's what that's what jaw is like. I I am I'm failing this exercise. The, the one thing that they both have is they love the moment, right? There's so many there's so many moments of them taking the big shot, whining the big shot, and converting on the big shot. So that's something they have in common. But, but I'll counter I'll counter my own point and say that we've seen Luca single handedly say you will not eliminate us from the playoffs uh, over my dead body. And what did we see last year? We saw Memphis rise without Jaw in the playoffs. I'm questioning everything. You guys can chime in. Triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. You got one player to start your NBA franchise with. Who are your take? Who are you taking? Our program today brought to you by Peacock, presenting the new original limited series, The Best Man, the final chapters from the creator of The Best Man and The Best Man Holiday and executive producer of Insecure. Coming this week, stream The Best Man, the final chapters only on. Peacock. All right, triple eight. Say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. What player are you going to pick to start your favorite NBA team? You'll hear from more of our crew next. Also, as we continue this debate on Barton Hahn, ESPN Radio, Gabe Netzel, uh, Jason Fitz, in for the guys. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Bart and Han. I'm not going to lie. Every time I see NBA Jam, by the way, for sale in every store, I think Santa should get that for me for Christmas. I'm really Santa, and I would have to get it for myself. But still, it's tempting every day, every year. It's Barton Hunt on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Gabe Neitzel. I'm Jason Fitz. We're in for the guys. We're asking you, you got one player to start an NBA franchise with. Who are you taking? And uh, th- this has been an exercise because I've, I have waffled back and forth like a politician. I have said everything to everybody. I went from Ja to Luca, back to Ja, maybe back to Luca. But Luca, Gabe realistically got the right answer right out of the gate with Giannis. But 
you guys are chiming in. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Got to get this one. I'm Micah in Kentucky. Micah, thanks for calling the show, man. Uh, you got one player to start an NBA franchise with. Who are you going to take, brother? Uh, you know, this year I think uh, they've over uh, over exceeded expectations, and Rick Carlisle has really done a good job with the Pacers this year. And I think Halliburton, given this chance uh, as, the, as the starting guard, I mean, twenty eleven, and I think four assists it is, and real low on turnovers, high efficiency. He's only twenty two years old. You give him a couple years, I think he could really make his mark in the NBA. Appreciate you guys for having me, Mike. Thanks for the call, Gabe. Let me say this: if we were in a, in, a, in a draft. We're in a new fantasy draft of the NBA. And I yep. am, mm-hmm. uh, I, you are the owner of the team, and I am your GM. If with the first yep. selection in the new alignment of the 2022 NBA draft, Gabe Neitzel's team selects, if I walk up to the podium and put down the Tyrese Halliburton card, I might as well just keep walking right out the door, go sit in my car, yeah, drive correct. down the street, because I'm going to be living in my car. You're firing me the minute I took Tyrese Halliburton before I take, I don't know, Giannis or Luka or Ja or Jokic, like Tatum, any of them. Yeah, Tatum, Zion, Trey, Embiid, Booker. Hey, hey look, hey, Tyrese Halliburton's a Wisconsin kid. Went to went to high school in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. For those people who know where that is, like, no, you can't put him on this list. Not yet. Like, maybe you like his future, but like, Luca and Ja are just one year older and so much more accomplished than what he is. I'm telling you, I love sports talk radio that brings the sports bar argument into the radio. I love it. I'm imagining sitting at the Christmas table with all your NBA head friends and you're having this very conversation and you got the one guy that stands up and says, Tyrese Halliburton. The immediate response is get the hell out of here. Go give the rest of us some more eggnog and let the adults keep talking. Devin, what you got? So listen, I I agree with you both that you're not going to take Tyrese Halliburton over these guys, but in Micah's defense, you know, one of the most important things about if you're starting a franchise, you need your, your player who you're starting your franchise with to make your team better. Tyrus Halliburton is leading the league in assists, ten point seven assists. That that leads the league, so that's that's a notch in the belt for Micah. Josiah, save us here. Who you got? Like, it, it just who would you take? And, and I swear to God, if it's Tyrese Halliburton, I quit. I'm going home, and in I'm general, just gonna like, st- what okay. guy would I be? The, the one show is yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, the show. No, I'm, I'm taking call- Luca. I'm taking Luca. Okay, Luca. I'm right. taking Luca. Yeah, there was all there day. Was, uh, there was no, no, not even a debate. You talked me into Luca. Renee, who you got on this one? Uh, Renee, Renee's in New York, so I can only imagine the the seeping pizza filled New York bias that I'm about to get. Spike. I guess I'll got? I guess I'll preface this by saying I'm a Knicks fan. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I mean uh, joking. I would take Julius Randle, but uh, I'd honestly start my team with Devin Booker. De- Devin Booker? Yeah, I think Devin, the the fact that Chris Paul is number two on that team, Devin Booker's still young; he could ball out. I'd, I'd build a, a team around Devin Booker. I I don't hate that, but I don't love it. Like, I, I mean, I'd love it if I was doing play by play because I could continually say Booker. I don't even know where Gabe. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I feel like that's the pick where you're just Devin Booker ends up being. I mean, I feel like I was really set up for success there. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> just here, here. You you lobbed it up, and I didn't know what to do with it. I, you know, I just kind of watched the ball go past me and just started running back on defense. He's like, nope, um, I'm out. I'm Game's called it. <laughs> you want to give that play by play one more time, Booker? I don't even know her. Oh, it wasn't any better the second time. Uh, Curtis in North Carolina save us from ourselves. Curtis, who you got? What's the one player here? Get a pick to start your franchise with. Fitz, baby, listen, you don't have to keep going back and forth. It's John Morant, and let me tell you why. John Morant is a high tempo facilitator that is going to make sure that the team is shooting 
an efficient amount of three-pointers. He not only can create off his own dribble to get to the hole to draw fouls, he makes intangible plays. I know you remember that play. There was an inbound where he was t- he had his back turned to the inbound ball player and was following the eyes of the person that was supposed to catch the ball. Oh, and Curtis, Curtis, you're speaking my language. You talk me into it. I'm back. I'm back. Team John. It's all John. <laughs> I never doubted it. It's John. Look, you can't grow up a fan of the UNLV running Rebels like I did and not go for the guy that brings pace. Let's go. It's all about John Moran. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Jason Fitz. We really appreciate you guys hanging out with us throughout the course of the day. Amazingly, Luka Doncic, John Moran, and Giannis all joining Kenny and Carlin. You don't want to miss it on ESPN Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening to the Barton Hahn Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen and watch the guys on the ESPN app. This is the Barton Hahn Podcast.